Okay, that's enough of that, and we are glad to have you with us. What is still going on? Ah, thank goodness we got rid of that. Welcome to the Real Estate Coffee Break. Let's get started. Folks, that's the whole idea. So you're going to profit from the experience. Here we go. God gave you 100,000 watts of power, but it's up to you to put them to work. This is the John Adams Radio Show. Top the EMR Tower in beautiful downtown Decatur, Georgia, center of the known universe. Thence, 23,300 miles directly into outer space this week, affiliates SATCOM 5. Let's rebroadcast all across the fluted plane to our vast EMR radio network. This week, 331 stations plus. The island of Guam. Speaking directly into the golden EMR microphone, this is Excellence in Money Radio. And we are glad to have you along on this special edition of the Real Estate Coffee Break. And that is, in fact, where we are. First, I'd like to thank Bill Preston at American Comfort Heating, Cooling, and Air Quality. If you need help with your AC or soon to be your heating, folks, did you catch the change in temperature over the last seven days? Yikes. Okay, uh, 678-809-7959, bringing comfort to America one home at a time. That's a great tagline. Peter Burke, you ought to have like bringing money to America one home at a time. I mean, that sounds so American. And um, let's see, need to forge ahead here. And the question, wait a minute, is that right? Oh, and then Peter Burke, who is our gold sponsor today. Notice how I made Peter a little slimmer this week. Peter, you've lost about 12 pounds. That's remarkable. Um, and we appreciate Reliant Mortgage Solutions. If you have any uh, mortgage needs, borrowing needs, or you just want to talk to someone who is extremely knowledgeable, 
not only about owner-occupant loans, but also investor loans. Um, investors, I, I, all I can tell you is I've used Peter Burke for many years, and there's nobody better. So pick up the phone, 678-557-9759, and we're going to hear from Peter a little bit later in the program. Somehow I went right past that. Hey, um, your number one goal, as we've talked about each week, is to, for those of you that have rental properties, stay occupied and collect your rent. Um, can we evict? I don't know. Uh, that's a very good question. We're going to explore that a little bit today. But you can do this. You can boost your income and lower your expenses at all levels. And uh, I believe that for most Americans, the best investment they ever make is first in their own home and second in uh, rental property. Because you can retire comfortably on as few as 10 rental units. And We've looked at those numbers again and again. Maybe we should do a whole show. Look at this, topics. There's no way we're gonna to get to all this, but we will get to Peter Burke in just a minute or two. And then toward the end of the show, we're gonna to get to uh, Swami Dave, who's gonna to talk to us about YouTube. So here we are. I don't think I have Swami Dave's slides. Dave, would you bring up those slides and I'll let you share your screen while you're on because I didn't put them in. And so you've got like 30 minutes to do that. Okay. Uh, CDC, again, <laughs> why did the CDC issue an agency order banning evictions? Well, that's not exactly what they did. Everybody's calling it a moratorium. It's not. It only applies the tenant has to give you a form. It's a declaration, but it's not sworn. Therefore, it's not an affidavit. And my question is, <clears throat> would, um, would somebody be able to bring an action? Excuse me. Would somebody be able to bring an action in court charging your tenant with perjury? I think not. It, I mean, it says on it, I swear, but if you don't, if it's not witnessed, if it's not notarized, I just, I, you know, the whole thing is a joke. So they have to hand you a piece of paper that says they don't expect to make $99,000 this year. I don't, I never expect to make any money any year. Uh, certainly I'll top 99,000, but I don't expect to. And unable to make any payment. Well, of course, if you spend all of your money on vacations and on Coca-Cola and on um, T-bone steaks, you're not gonna have any money left to pay rent. So of course they're unable to make any payment. And then they have to swear that moving will cause them to become homeless or force them into a congregate living facility. How do you prove that someone will not become homeless? I'm just not sure how that works and nobody is. And that's where we are right now. So this is not a blanket moratorium. Yes, the magistrate courts are open in almost all jurisdictions. And yes, you can serve a demand notice 
Remember we talked about the notice to pay rent or quit. The question is whether or not, if you go to the clerk's office, will they let you swear out a dispossessory? Because the clerks are confused, the chief judges are confused, the magistrate court judges are confused, and I think even the Georgia Supreme Court is confused. And I think they're all waiting for some sort of guidance on this because we're just not getting it. Here we are two weeks in and nobody knows what's going on. Um, if you can swear out a dispossessory warrant, the marshal will deliver the summons. But I'm hearing from some people who say they're trying to swear out dispos and the um, um, clerks are not letting them saying, I'm sorry, there's a moratorium on all evictions. Well, that's what they think, there's not. So what do you do if somebody is, um, um, what's an example? They've got four dogs in the house and the lease says that they can't have any dogs. You file a demand notice that says they have to cure event of default or quit and demand that they remove the dogs immediately. And then you go down to the clerk's office to swear out a dispossessory warrant. And you put on there that the reason is that they have violated the lease by having dogs. Now that has nothing to do with inability to pay, but that's what we're, that's where we are. Um, and why would they say, nope, sorry, you cannot proceed with this because there's a blanket moratorium. The reason is they don't know any better. And I think um, we're going to see, I hope, in the next few weeks, um, some guidance from either the Georgia Supreme Court or um, I, I don't know who, may, certainly not, C, nobody at CDC knows anything about real estate, trust me. So if you can get a summons delivered, then they've got to answer that summons or you win and a writ of possession will be issued to you and you get a monetary judgment which would be a real surprise. So folks, I need you to tell me what's happening in your county. Um, I'm gonna put in a call. I had a, uh, Faye, I tried to call my contact at Cobb County Magistrates Court last week. I could not get through to him at all. Um, I left several messages and sent him a couple of emails. I think he got them. I think he's just decided not to answer because they don't know what's going on. So. Um, I think the clerk is waiting. I think the chief judges are waiting. We simply do not yet know if we can question a tenant's eligibility, or we certainly should be able to evict based on things other than inability to pay due to COVID. So we'll see what happens. We'll watch and report. How about that? Uh, when will other evictions resume? Uh, Georgia Supreme Court's going to have to make that decision. Um, they maybe end up it's maybe end up on chief judges, and I certainly hope the swamp does not get involved in this. So, deal of the week. Look, stop what you're doing. Well, wait, wait until the show is over, then go straight to Home Depot and buy this ladder for a hundred bucks. Look, if you are a real man and you weigh um, 300 pounds, I'm not. I'm, 
I'm down 20 pounds. Don't I, don't I look good? You know, I've always said it's better to look good than to feel good. And we do, don't we? Anyway, this has a 375-pound load capacity. This is one of these five-in-one ladders, $100 plus tax, cash on the barrel head. This is $223 at Lowe's. And I'm not just rooting for the hometown Home Depot here because they're based in Atlanta, um, although I am a stockholder. That's beside the point. But this is a 22-foot ladder. It's light enough to carry around. And look at all this cool stuff that it does. Look, look over here. I'm going to get the pointer out. See, look at this. this um, he's got it on these stairs, which is sort of a weird deal. But there are times when you need to get halfway up a staircase and do some work, like hanging a picture and things like that. Over here, this is all one ladder, okay? So this is the interior, and this is the exterior. Now, this is not included. This is called scaffolding, and you can buy that separately. But what you're seeing here and here is only one ladder, and that's a heck of a deal if you want some inexpensive scaffolding, I have no idea what this would cost. Um, and you might just build something out of two by fours if you wanted to, I don't know. It's entirely up to you. I just bring this to your attention because that's a heck of a deal. Look at this. Hey, is this cool or what? 22 feet up. I'm thinking about going to buy one of these. I've already got one, but um, it's just such a good deal. So anyway, and I expect these to sell out, so go to Home Depot and buy one if you'd like to. And now, without further ado, our very special guest, Peter Burke joins us, I hope. Hi, Peter. Turn Good on morning, your... John. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but we cannot see your new slim self. Let me uh, put on this. Can you see me? Yes, we can. You have lost even more weight. I have. Yeah, that's what a pandemic does to you. Peter, may I say, you look marvelous. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate it. Did you notice that last week your picture was a little chubby and I slimmed it down for you? That's you good. know, um, let, let me say this. I am afraid of heights, but I love deals. I am going to go and buy that ladder this afternoon. If, if for no other reason, then you can hire somebody to climb it. You know, Absolutely. After, Peter, after I fell off that house on St. Simon's, she who must be obeyed forbade me from ever stepping on a ladder again. So, but I've got plenty. So if you need a ladder, would like to rent one, I will rent you a 22-foot, multi-position, 375-pound load capacity ladder for only $100. I forbade it because the ladder hit me in the head. She forbade it because the ladder hit her in the head. Oh, that's bad, John. She had a black eye. <laughs> Which always leads to the question, Have you? when are you going to stop beating your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what are interest rates doing? I keep hearing two things. What I'm hearing is we have unbelievably low rates, and I keep hearing, well, this is just a matter of time until we have an economic collapse um, of, 
of biblical proportions, and this will be the end of the world. Uh, rates are very low. They are. Uh, you can find rates to buy a home starting with the number two, believe it or not, for a 30-year wow. fixed rate mortgage with no points, just regular other closing costs. Wow. That's, that is remarkable. Why would some, other than the fact that they listen to Dave Ramsey's uh, kindergarten school of finance, why would anyone that had equity in their home not rush out, borrow as much as they economically could. I guess cash out is going to be a little bit more expensive, but even so, at not these rates, so. no, okay, and pull the cash out and just put it in the stock market. Absolutely. And I think smart people are beginning to think that too. Well, I mean, I'm no, you know, I'm no big fan of the stock market because I don't invest in things I don't understand. And I certainly don't understand the stock market. But mm -hmm. for somebody who just wants to be completely passive, put it in the S&P 500 and forget about it. And you're probably going to get a return of 8 to 10% over a period of 10 to 15 years. Absolutely. And your borrower borrowing costs are in the two or low 3% range for that cash out. Absolutely. Why don't you and I start our own mutual fund? We'll call it the, the Peter Rabbit Club. Absolutely. And we'll have people borrow money out of their houses and give it to us to invest. Yes. And we will have graduated from what was the Bernie Madoff School yeah. of Investment Philosophy. Yeah. Well, I understand Butner, North Carolina is a great place to spend time at their federal, federal penitentiary. So, yes. Okay. Well, we don't want to do that then. No. Bad, bad idea. Okay. So, tell me, Peter, um, what do you think the Fed is talking about doing here? I mean, that's sort of the $64,000 question because we are printing money like it is, shall I say, toilet tissue? Correct. And, you, and the, I mean, I'm not suggesting that, you know, a strong economy can't overcome that, but some people, myself included, are somewhat concerned about the mounting debt and how inflation may be rearing its ugly head. Correct. Um, how do you think the Fed's going to well, deal with this? Well, you know, the headline is that uh, the Fed plans on keeping the, the rate, the overnight rate to zero for the foreseeable future till 2023. And folks who read that interpret that as saying, oh, interest rates are going to stay low. I don't have to do anything today. The reality is that isn't a long-term 30-year mortgage rate. Those are bonds. Uh, people that invest in bonds are afraid of inflation and will demand higher rates, which push up the rates on mortgages if we're in an inflationary period. That Fed funds rate probably keeps your credit card interest payments low and maybe your home equity line of credit low, but um, it's not the same as a 30-year mortgage, um, which are subject to inflationary whims and investor concern. I don't, I mean, I would not buy a, uh, an investment in 
a mortgage-backed security that was yielding 2.9% right now. When inflation would, could be 3%, who knows? Yeah. 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 So anyway, all right. Well, Peter, thank you. Um, Thanks, John. You're I'm running out to Home welcome. Depot to get the ladder. Okay. Please do that, except stay After the with show. me. Thank you. After the show, I'll meet you at Home Depot. By the way, Margie and I are here on Southern Command headquarters on beautiful St. Simons Island, the crown jewel of Georgia's coastal empire. I just wanted to get that in to rub it in. Thank you. <laughs> All right, get him out of here. All right, that's Peter Burke. You can call him right now if you'd like, 678-557-9759. He's got more licenses, and, and I think we have all of his licenses listed here, so you need to write all those down and memorize them. Um, but one more thing to consider, and Peter and I have talked about this, if you are in forbearance on any loan, it may appear on your credit report and will prevent you from refinancing any existing loan you may have or being approved for any new loan. So check your credit report weekly. And Peter, thank you for that Thanks, John. Uh, interesting uh, analysis. So we're going to keep moving on here. All right. Happy birthday to the United States Constitution, which became... Um, to Margie, I would like some coffee, please. Yeah. 233 years old today. This is something we all need to think about. First, this was signed in September of 1787. Thank you. And here we have a, a famous depiction. Look down here. Ben Franklin was the oldest person to sign the Constitution. Got George Washington up here and uh, very interesting picture. They nailed the windows shut to prevent members of this body from leaving during deliberations. They didn't want reporters listening in. This was a summer, well, September, but they'd been at it for several months. And they say it was incredibly hot. Why is this important? Listen to this. As citizens of the United States of America, we don't have one single thing, thank you, that binds us all together except our Constitution. We are not a single ethnic group. We are not a single religious group. We don't have a very extensive history as a people. Now, let me just say this about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, as many of you know, um, I, the, the decisions and judgments that she made in her career, the ones that I know about, I probably disagree with her on most of them. Um, however, that being said, I would like to, uh, recognize Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a great figure in American history. Um, and I admire her for her journey. I admire her for her commitment to public service. And I admire her for her tenacity. And I think one of the great things about the Constitution, folks, is that you and I can disagree. We can fight like cats and dogs. But at the end of the day, we should still be friends because we are both Americans. 
and we both live under the Constitution of the United States. Because that's the only thing that binds us together. So I, I do want you to listen to this. This is only a couple of minutes. We the people of the United States. We've moved so far away from the Constitution that in many ways we don't even recognize it. In order to form a We think that we're becoming more advanced by abandoning the Constitution and adopting something like an administrative state. But what we're in fact doing is becoming more primitive. We are regressing. The founders were trying to create a regime of liberty, which would be the greatest possible private scope of freedom, while at the same time being based upon the basic moral principles of the natural law and natural rights. Your rights of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These are rights that you have because you are a human being. They're not rights that you have because government decides to give them to you. The idea then for just government, and the only reason you would consent to government, is because government secures those rights. The people who make the laws are people too. How do we know they won't make them in their own interest? You need a constitution, and it needs to be in control of the governed. Almost everybody in America, even people of very different perspectives, senses there's something deeply wrong with our political life. Recovery of the earlier constitutional understanding, I believe it's useful to help guide us, but at the very least, we have to understand it in order to know what relation should we have to that today. The Constitution is in the service of a larger set of principles, and that when we abandon those principles, not only do we have a different understanding of rights, but we also abandon constitutionalism. I'm Kevin Porteous. I'm Thomas West. I'm R.J. Pastrito. I'm John Grant. This is Constitution 101. Let's begin. Okay. Uh, you may have seen this before, folks. Hillsdale College has these um, uh, free classes. And I have been through Constitution 101 and it is simply remarkable. And it's free. You just go to hillsdale.edu, then you select online courses, and then you select the course. I mean, they've got about 12 of them now, but you just select Constitution 101. And then it's, it's uh, it's all online, so you just watch the, I think there are, <clears throat> I think there are 12 lectures or 24 lectures, I don't know, I forget. But you do it at your own pace. So there's no reason not to do it, and the only reason that you wouldn't do it is that you don't want to know about the Constitution of the United States. This is, in my opinion, non-biased, it is historically accurate, and it helped me understand um, why it's so important uh, for us to be a constitutional republic. And I just would invite you, I encourage you to, to go there and take a look at this, okay? Now, um, one of the questions we're talking about today is, do you need an LLC? And I'm going to suggest to you that if you own and or manage rental property anywhere, you should consider placing ownership of that property into a limited liability corporation. Now, I wrote a book called The Real Estate LLC in Georgia. And as you know, I'm not an attorney and I'm not going to give you legal advice. However, I think the book is exceedingly helpful 
in that it prepares you for a discussion with your attorney about how this could possibly benefit you. And people say all the time, well, John, can I buy this book and then I don't have to go to an attorney? I say, well, I suppose you can, but that's not my recommendation. My recommendation is buy the book, understand what an LLC is and what it can do for you and educate yourself and then go see your attorney. Because at that point, your attorney can understand and comprehend your individual situation. No, I can't do that through a book. I, I can't do that through an online service. I, and, and so if you are knowledgeable when you go in and visit with your attorney, um, you're going to get better advice, in my opinion. So, so much for that. But how do you hold title? The reality is that most property owners take title by general warranty deed in their own name. By the way, attorney Mike Florence told me one time that, and he'd been a closing attorney for like 40 years. He said 99.9% .9 of couples take it in the man's name and the woman's name, but the man's name always comes first. I'm not sure why. Doesn't make any difference. But anyway, uh, why do you need an LLC? Well, here's one problem, because there's a lot of information at the courthouse. The first is that the name of the owner of record and their mailing address is at the courthouse, and that's public information. The fair market value, according to the tax assessor, is public information. So if you add 5 or 10% to that, you probably got a pretty good estimate of what the property value is. What about outstanding mortgage? Well, guess what? The, the mortgage is recorded, the amount is recorded, and the interest rate is recorded. So if somebody just assumes you put a 30-year fixed rate mortgage on it, see if it was a 15, the balance would be even lower, right? Right. So you just run an ammo schedule on a 30-year mortgage, chances are pretty good that's going to be pretty close to how much is owed on the property or left on that mortgage. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Good. I'm flying. And that makes it pretty easy to calculate the equity that the owner has in that property. And if you see that John Adams owns 10 properties in DeKalb County, Georgia, you can just add up the apparent equity on all those 10 properties and say, hey, we got a net worth here. The question is at that point, are you worth a lawsuit? And it's not gonna be the person who is suing you, it's gonna be the attorney who stands to get 50% of any judgment against you because they know they can satisfy the judgment with the real estate. So, you know, you see all these people all the time, get the money you deserve, call Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Well, I, you know, our Constitution doesn't guarantee that everybody will always, will never have an accident. That people, you know, I'm, I fell off the roof. Margie, should I have sued you when I fell off the roof? She claims she should have sued me. Well, let's sue each other. 
What if we both won? <laughs> I don't know. Get the money you deserve. Uh, okay. So the question you got to ask yourself is this. If you lost everything, could you build it all back? Raise your hand. All right, almost everybody in this audience is raising their hand right now. I know you can build it back. You built what you've got now. And I think there's more opportunity now than there was then. But the question is, do you want to give it a try? If you lost everything, would you, if you had a choice, would, would you like to lose everything and try to start over? And if the answer is no, then you need some sort of asset protection. I'm going to wrap this up in just a minute. I know David's coming up next. And um, there are various forms of asset protection. The first is uh, your corporate shield. You can put it into some sort of corporation. You can put it into an offshore corporation. I was sort of amazed. Margie and I were in Cayman Islands, and we were invited to some seminar on how to get the whole thing going here. You can have some sort of elaborate trust. Um, and I have seen these things that would just boggle the mind. You can try a family limited partnership. I uh, hear a lot of people trying that. It's pretty complicated, but my, or you could just move to Switzerland or the Cayman Islands. Personally, I would move to Switzerland because I've been there and it's really nice. So also Heidi is there. Do you remember when Shirley Temple was Heidi? So uh, what do we get as a result of putting our property into an LLC? There are five things real quickly. Privacy, your name never appears on the public record, which is good, okay? Even if you have a loan on the property. Number two, liability protection. Uh, we can't really go into that here, but it makes it much harder to sue. Um, asset protection. Your other assets are protected. Anybody can sue anybody for anything. I could sue David Adams right now for uh, the slides he's going to show us. And David, I hope you have the slides queued up because I don't have them in my presentation. But if not, we'll just play it by ear. But um, anybody can sue anybody for anything. And the, you know, given the facts and the circumstances, a judge will decide. But I don't want to lose on one issue and then have the plaintiff be able to come after another asset to satisfy a judgment that went against me. I want it limited. And so that asset protection is right there. The only thing that is at risk is that particular property. Um, there are no management restrictions. I really like that about LLCs. Essentially, you do exactly like you did with just a few changes when you owned it in your name. And there are potentially some tax benefits, which I'm not qualified to speak to because I am not a CPA. So, Swami Dave, would you turn on your camera and your microphone, sir? And we are glad to have you with us. Hello, David. Good afternoon. Good morning, John. How are you doing today? If I were any better, it would be a violation of the rules and regulations of the Georgia Real Estate Commission. <laughs> um, that, is that is great to hear. It is. Margie, I have a question. Can How can I turn this over to Swami Dave uh, 
and let him share his screen with these slides. I'm sorry? Okay, I'm going to stop sharing, pal. And I'm going to start sharing. All right, great. Margie, it's confusing to have that other picture of me there. All right, and uh, what do we got today? Oh, I remember last week you promised we'd talk about YouTube. This is great. We are going to talk about YouTube today, John, and let me get the share straight for us. No worries. And are would, you? While, while you're doing that, I would like to point out to everyone that I have old glory here in my office to remind me that some gave all. Everyone gave some, and some gave all. Freedom is not free. Ah, there we are. That's fantastic. Here we go. So I'm going to back up and let you take it away, Dave. Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate it, and, and thank you, John, for letting me jump on today. We talked about Facebook last week. We're actually going to talk about YouTube today. Um, one of the things that when, when I've spoke to people about YouTube and we've had conversations about this, it's, it's a little bit of a blended platform. Um, people ask, is it a social platform or is it a search engine? Um, it, it's, it's kind of interesting because my answer is usually yes when we talk about that. It, it's really because it's both. It, it's, it is a social platform because you're building an audience. You're looking for viewers. Um, you're building an audience. And then in, in the same vein, it is a search engine because it's owned by Google. Um, it, it's actually the number two search engine in the world, and, and, and it runs atop some of some very similar algorithms. Um, I did make this note here um, because it, it's, it's definitely important as we talk about, we're not talking about SEO today in general, but realistically, all search engines, their goal is to actually deliver the best answer when people ask a question, because, because if they don't, people are going to leave the platform. So it's always good when you're dealing with any kind of a search engine to make sure you're addressing the fact that you're answering the question what somebody would actually ask. Now, it's, it's kind of interesting on tap today. We're going to talk about nitroglycerin. I, this was an interesting name. <laughs> I, I will thank you for, for, for labeling it for me. <laughs> I, I just, as I went through these slides and heard you talk about it, I said, man, this is powerful stuff. And then I decided we need to name it nitroglycerin. So <laughs> nitroglycerin. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and, and really what we're going to talk about today is, is if I'm a real estate professional, and really if, if, if I'm a professional in any other role, right, this is going to apply as well. But interview everyone you meet, right? And, and the reason that I'm – and when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about doing a five- or ten-minute interview people in your service area, in your local community. If you remember last week when I talked about Facebook, I kind of teased it just a little bit when I talked about the location aspect of Facebook. This is what we were talking about. Um, it's because you're using the cell phone, as you noted, we all have one. And quite frankly, the, 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 the video capability on our cell phones today are really best, better than a lot of production capabilities that production companies had you know, probably 12, 15 years ago. Um, the phones are just that good nowadays. Um, but when you take the five or 10 minute video, you, in, in, you basically load it up to YouTube. Now, before we talk a little bit about the do's and don'ts, everybody will say, well, who, I don't know who to interview. Um, 
I said interview everyone. And, and really, I took five minutes and just set up this whole slide, right? It, it, of everybody that you encounter, whether it's owners of restaurants and stores, um, you know, if, if we're in the real estate business, there's lots of people we meet on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's the lawyers or the home inspectors or whatnot. And then in our local community, I mean, all of our schools, uh, whether it's the principals or the football coaches or the star teachers, um, you know, your local politicians and office holders. And, and realistically, I just stick it down there to keep thinking one that I actually thought about um, or I've actually put it on there was nonprofit directors, right? Yeah. All of these type people in your communities. That, and, and one of the things that we're, we're doing this for is because they have influence in their communities and they're telling the story about the community. Right now, what I did say is don't worry about what you look like. It really doesn't matter because realistically, we're talking about them, right? We're talking about them, and then what, what we're going to do specifically as, as a real estate professional or whatnot is just make the recommendation. Take a 30-second outro, and basically for all of these videos, basically what it does is it gives influence and authority for that local community, and it begins processing it onto us, and we become the expert in the community. And then if you take the outro of the video, which is kind of, you know, 30 second segment at the end and say, hey, you know what, if you're trying to move into Cumming, Georgia, which is my town, if, and you're actually got some questions about the community, check out some of my other videos, or better yet, just give me a call. And we can talk about what you're looking for, what you or your family might be looking for. And all of those videos keep attracting people. And, and one of the things to kind of, why it kind of works is, is, we've talked about it, is from a buyer's perspective, you become the, the expert in your area. Well, all buyers would want to work with the expert because they know all the information about the area. And, really, and as you build more and more buyers into this pattern that are talking to you, more and more sellers are going to want to talk to you as well. David, let, let me stop you for just a second because, and we're just about out of time, but this is nitroglycerin. Um, a lot of the people listening right now are investors in addition to being real estate professionals. I've tried to juggle both all my life. Um, but if I have, one of the, the things that agents do, as you and I've talked about, is have a farm territory. And they try to become um, the, the digital mayor or the digital president of that particular farm territory. And you said interview everybody. Is there a, I mean, could they just, um, start talking to people in the neighborhood and saying, hey, I, I want to just do a video and ask you why you live here, a little about your family, and, and what you like about our community. Well, the, the same thing, John. All of the homeowners associations that you deal with, they would talk to you as well because they want people buying in their neighborhood too. Sure. See, realism. I mean, it, you're 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 getting down to the right idea, John. In that uh, you're basically talking to everybody, and it, it again just keeps bringing more and more eyeballs to you as the professional that are connecting them. And and if if I was going to move into say Decatur, I might do the same thing. I'll look at Decatur, Georgia, and I'll see somebody that's got videos probably on YouTube backed up for ten or fifteen years. That's the first person I'm going to talk to, especially if I know they're a real estate professional or if they're a mortgage broker, right? So, earlier, same type of thing applies. So this really is not just a real estate uh, suggestion. <laughs> it, it's universal almost. Correct. If, 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 if it would work for a real estate agent, it would work for a shop owner. 
right? Because if you think about it, somebody that owns a, a brick and mortar store, and essentially they're interviewing people that come into their store, talk about their community, they're interviewing their community leaders. Again, when people look at the community, what it largely, what it does is it brings the attention back to you as the person that's sharing all this information. It was kind of interesting. I didn't put the slide together, but the, the, the chemical makeup of nitroglycerin and what I thought about doing is actually just taking pictures of people as you would be interviewing and showing how that actually connects back to people. I didn't get a chance to do that last night, so apologize to everybody, but I <laughs> thought that brilliant. was going to be a cool effect to watch where as you put more and more of those videos on there, it just continues bringing attention back to you who's sharing it with everybody else. And and the nitro gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and the explosion gets bigger. David bigger. Adams, if, if anybody watching wants to get in touch with you or learn more about what you do or more about this topic, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. Thanks, John. Um, there's actually two more techniques to this. Um, if you guys will just, www.swamidavesays.com. A few of you that listen to the show have actually already hit that. Um, just enter your email address. I've got the picture here. You're going to get a Facebook engagement PDF that I actually did from last week. One thing I'm going to do is create the video for techniques two and three today, and I'll post that up there to YouTube tonight. And anybody that downloads that PDF either last week or today, I'm going to get, I'm just going to directly email that YouTube video out to them and we'll share it with them like that. John, I appreciate you letting me jump on the show today though. Fantastic. David Adams, as always, the problem I have with you is after I talk with you, I always get a headache. <laughs> I, my brain, my brain is not, I just don't think on the level that you do. And, and you're a, you're a, a wonderful friend and a, and a great friend of this program. And I appreciate it. Margie, what are you doing? Oh, okay, good. I'll be getting another cup of coffee, John. <laughs> no, 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 no. Questions. We have questions. So I got to jump on questions. Dave, we'll see you next week. Thank you, sir. Take care, John. Thank you. Okay. Now, let's see. Oh, unshare, Dave, so I can get my. Oh, Margie Absolutely. says. All right, no worries. Here we go. Great. Here I go. Share screen, share computer sound, and. Go back to slides. Wow, it worked. So remember the website there, folks, is swamidavesays.com. And uh, all I can promise you is just get ready for a mind-blowing experience because we're talking about unleashing the power of the internet here. And, uh, you know, people want to know about people. And if you can link yourself to that, Again and again and again, there's just a lot of benefits, not only for real estate sales professionals, but also for uh, listing agents and brokers and investors. Why not target a neighborhood? Sure, that makes good sense to me. So let me see here real quick. All right, I'm going to forge ahead. We've got just a few minutes left. Um... And we talked, I'm not even going to go into this because we talked about it last week. But if you want to make money in real estate, there are only two things you have to do. Number one is you've got to see a lot of houses. Because if you haven't seen a lot of houses, you have no basis of comparison. You, if, I, if I took you, if I put a blindfold on you and took you somewhere and showed you just one house and said, okay, how much do you think this is worth? You wouldn't have any idea because you don't know where you are. You don't have anything to compare it to. 
That's why we need to see a lot of houses. So you have confidence, but that's not enough. Number two is you've got to make a lot of offers. Why do you have to make a lot of offers? To uncover motivated sellers. The vast majority of sellers in the multiple listing service on Zillow, on any that have a for sale sign out front, they're not serious. They're just testing the water. And if you pushed them, they would say, well, if I can get my price or higher, I might sell. I want somebody who needs to sell today. I want somebody who um, misses their family bad. And the family's gone on to Poughkeepsie. Where is Poughkeepsie? Uh, who knows? Who cares? Uh, the family's gone on to Dubuque, Iowa, and the kids are in school, but, but dad is stuck with this house, and the only thing he needs to do is sell it. And not only that, if he takes a loss on it, Coca-Cola companies promise to make up the difference. So why not sell it at a discount? The only way to find that out is to make a lot of offers. Okay. So um, we've got plenty we need to talk about in future weeks, but I'm going to answer some questions right now and let's stop screen sharing at least for right now and go into big picture mode. And I got to have glasses to read this. All right. Um, Sarah says, my eviction went well in court yesterday, Troop County. I'm not sure where, you know, Georgia has 159 counties. And I know about a lot of them. And I've certainly heard of Troop County, but I'm not certain where that is. But Sarah, would you communicate with Margie? Uh, it just put your contact information into Q&A. Nobody will see it except me because with your permission, I would like to shoot you an email. Thank you. And I've got it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Good. We'll, with your permission, we'll be in touch because I want to stay up to date on what is happening around the state because what you're telling me is in direct contradiction to what happened in Cobb County last week, which does not surprise me. So um, let's talk. Thank you very much. Um, Sheila says, if you have a multiple member LLC, do you need to have a business license or do you recommend a business license? Um, a multi-member LLC is a very different animal, Sheila, from a single member. And there are a variety of reasons why you probably don't want a multi-member LLC and why you do want a single member LLC. It's a complex subject. I go into it in the book in great detail. Furthermore, I also outline a strategy that you might want to consider where you use one form of LLC for all your rental property and another for your personal residence. And even that is subject to change depending on which county you live in and how the tax commissioner views LLCs. So it, that is a complex uh, question and one that we really could spend an hour on. But Sheila, I, I would just, uh, in, in answer to your question, no, you're an investor. You do not have to have a business license, in my opinion. Now, 
I guarantee you, if you march into the business license department and say, hey, I've got an LLC, do I need a license? There's going to be a older woman behind the counter who's been there 40 years and she's going to say, sir, everybody needs a business license, whether you're in business or not. It's only $70. Just go ahead. We take cash, checks, and money orders. The next thing you know, you're out 70 bucks. Look, if you got an extra 70 bucks, send it to me. Or, or just write, make it payable to, let's do a nonprofit. Make it payable to Americans for Democratic Action in Modern Society. Or just put the initials, A-D-A-M-S, and send me $70. And I'll make sure that it gets spent um, in furtherance of the Constitution of the United States, okay? So... Sheila, that's a great question. Uh, no, do not get a business license. And if anybody says you need a business license, you say, I'm not in business. I'm just an investor. And the analogy is I own 100 shares of Coca-Cola. Do I need a business license? No. I own an interest in an LLC. Do I need a business license? No. I, I'm, you know, not me. I'm just a passive investor. I don't need a business license. All right, a couple more questions, and then we are going to run. Um, I have a rental in a town house complex where all the other units have been purchased and refurbished for seniors only. I want my tenants to move so I can refurbish and get a lot higher rent. They've trashed my unit and cannot pay a higher rent. Great. I just want to not renew the lease. Do you think I can do this? Yes. Douglas County is evicting people for non-payment. Go Douglas County. Um, Cheryl, there's no requirement under Georgia law or any local law or the CDC order requiring you to extend a lease. When it has a termination date, that's it. Now, in the Keller lease, we require that at the, at the termination of a lease, it goes... It, turns into a month-to-month -month lease, and either side, either the tenant or the landlord, must give the other 60 days notice in order to terminate this month-to-month -month tenancy. Thank you. But um, the reality is that you can, and I would do this, 30 days, if they've already trashed your unit, what difference does it make? Whenever the lease is up, go to them or send them a letter um, in, in accordance with your lease, whatever it says, 30, 60, however many days out, and notify them that the owner of the property has made the decision not to renew the lease to you or anyone else, and that the property is not going to be leased at this time, period. End of story. And notify them that under the terms of the lease, they have to vacate no later than uh, 11.59 a.m. on this date and tell them what it means. And it, when you buy the Landlord Survival Guide, one of the things you get is a whole set of forms on to tell the tenant how to leave the house and to tell the tenant what they have to do in order to get their security deposit back. And there's a lot of things. And most people won't do them unless they're told. So you know, unless you want to get stuck cleaning up the garbage that's piled out at the street, um, you need to get the right forms, you need to get the right lease, 
and and all that good stuff. But that's no. The answer is you can in Georgia always choose simply to not renew the lease. The other thing is this also, if the lease is like six months away, you might want to go to these people and say, hey, um, our lease is not up until March, but if you can get out by um, November 31st, I'll give you $500 cash just to help you get where you're going because I have another use for the property on November 30th or whatever, you know, Halloween or whatever it is. I don't know. But that's just something you might want to, that's called cash for keys. And I don't have any problem with it if it gets you your property. Because see, is it worth 500 bucks for you to get your property back three months sooner? I think it is. Okay. All right, good. Great question. Um, Cheryl, I want to know about this, uh, senior business because I'm, I sold, I was the selling broker for over a hundred units of uh, senior living condominiums. And, and I'll bet this is, these are rentals, I'll bet. Huh? Well, Cheryl, let's talk about that sometime and uh, shoot me an email. And tell me a little about that. We have a question that says, uh, how do you protect yourself when an owner wants to not renew your management agreement and start collecting their own rent from a tenant you secured? It, it's entire. It's all in your management agreement. Um, you, sh I hope, you have a written management agreement with the property manager who is required to be a licensed broker under the laws of the state of Georgia. If they are managing property for you for something of value, okay? And Georgia real estate license law requires that in order for that person to provide services to you, they must, I repeat, must have a written agreement with you granting them authority to do things like collect the rent, uh, effect repairs, um, to give you guidance and direction on how they want things done. And one of the things that's typically in a management agreement is that if you're welcome to cancel at any time with or without cause, but if you do that, apparently um, under most management agreements, you still owe the management fee through the end of that tenant's lease. Okay. So, and possibly through any extensions thereof. And also in the event you sold the house to that tenant, there might be a commission due and payable to the broker. So read your management agreement. And if you don't have one, then you can do pretty much whatever you want. Okay. So, all right. Karen says, if the lease says the owner can give two months notice for any reason for tenant to vacate, will that allow for eviction if they hold over? Leases were renewed in spring 2020 for another year. If the lease says, now here's what you may run into. In the past year, and we've tried to address this in the new killer lease. In the past couple of years, we have seen a drift in Georgia courts 
and particularly in magistrate's court where most of these things are adjudicated, the judge wants to see in the lease what they call mutuality. In other words, and I'm going to try to explain it in layman's terms here, and I'm, I'm a layman, I'm not an attorney, but um, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if, if the lease says that the landlord can cancel the lease on 60 days notice for, for no cause, for any reason, then the tenant should have that same right. You see what I'm getting at? And as landlords, we have a tendency, I think, to be pretty heavy handed in granting ourselves rights and not granting those same rights to our tenants. And I have been chastised by my team of attorneys for trying to um, um, not take advantage, but be heavy handed. And they have cautioned me that if the judge gets the idea that the lease is, does not demonstrate a sufficient degree of mutuality, they may throw out that provision. Now, what is a sufficient degree of mutuality, which is what I always ask them, and they say whatever the judge thinks it is, which doesn't help me at all. But simply know, um, Karen, that um, if the lease says you have, you can go to them, give them 60 days, and they have to vacate, then the lease is governs here. But be prepared for the tenant to go to Atlanta Legal Aid, and they may call you and say, you can't do this. There's no mutuality here. If that happens, you'll want an attorney. Okay? Because I'm not one, and I can't give you legal advice, and, and, but I'm just telling you what we're running into. And this is just sort of part of what happens. And we're going to get to like our last question here. Um, Bill says, my tenant wants to stay another year. You better raise the rent. I, just a nuisance. I know, I know there's a COVID thing going on. And write them a letter and say that your taxes and your insurance costs have gone up and you hope that they can afford to pay an extra $17 a month. Always, always add a nuisance rent increase just to remind them that if, if you don't, they get in the habit of thinking, well, I, I rented here 23 years ago for $600 a month and I won't ever want it to go up. Well, of course they don't want it to go up. I don't either, but I do have in, increased expenses. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm Any advantage of going month to month instead of formalizing with a new lease? Bill, if, if they're decent tenants, I'd want to get them under lease. If they're, if, if they're not tearing up your property, if they're paying the rent right now, I'd want to get them under lease. I would do this though. I would ask them to fill out a new application. And one of the questions I would ask is if your principal source of income went away theoretically due to COVID and you were unable to continue living in this property, where would you go? 
And if they say, I would definitely be homeless, then I think that's an indication of somebody who understands the CDC eviction ban and plans to take advantage of it. In contrast, if they say, oh, I got friends all over Atlanta that'd be happy to have me uh, stay with them for a few months. My mama lives down in Milledgeville and I could go stay with her. Uh, my mom and daddy are, and, and uh, my uncle Bob is over here in, in uh, Snellville and he's got two extra bedrooms ever since Aunt Ruth passed away. So, I mean, you know, see what I'm saying? If he represents to you that he has plenty of places uh, to sleep in the unlikely event that he were to lose his primary source of income due to COVID, then I, I think you are in a much stronger position later to say, wait a minute, you told me about Uncle Bob and you told me about your mom and daddy down in Millage and you told me this and that and this. Why are you now all of a sudden claiming you're going to go in a homeless shelter? It's a very valid question in my mind. Uh, but then my mind moves in mysterious ways. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Live chat. If you will go to, can they go look at it right now? Yeah, go to realestatecoffeebreak.com. And in the lower right-hand corner, we have installed a new live chat feature. Yay! And anytime we are online, which typically is several hours a day, that will pop up and say, Marjorie is available. Would you like to talk with her? Or John is available. Would you like to chat with him? And we, it, are, here. we are here. I mean, I know some of you think, uh, I'm, you know, I, you, some of you think I never work at all. That is not true. I'm the hardest working man in show business ever since James Brown passed away. So I want you to know that. But if you have a question or if you want to have a, for example, last week, I, uh, somebody bought the landlord survival guide and all the forms and the killer lease and everything, and they hadn't gotten online access. Rather than call, they just went to realestatecoffeebreak.com, clicked on the thing. Margie answered, and she was able to solve their issue immediately. And so it, I just would bring to your attention um, one of the things we are going to do is we are going to have for coffee break registrants only, we are going to have uh, specific hours, like, I don't know, every Saturday from two to three or something like that, that I will be available just to answer your chat questions. Um, because I want to reward you folks for coming back week after week. It is quarter after, and that's a 3-0 Mark IV, the... John Adams radio show. And you guys have been great. I really appreciate it. Um, we are learning. We're getting better every week. At least I think we are. And so um, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your support. It means an awful lot to me. Am I in slides? Yes, I am. Watch this. Here we go. We're we just ran out of time. I want to thank Bill Preston at American Comfort Heating, Cooling, and Air Conditioning for making this program possible. 
809-7959. If you need anything to do with heating, cooling, or air quality, you call Bill Preston. Tell him John Adams sent you, and he better take care of you or I'll come sit on him. He's about as big as I am. Also want to thank our gold sponsor today, Peter Burke at Reliant Mortgage Solutions and his partner, Sean Trombetti. And I am having a meeting, a Zoom meeting with them this week where we are going to formalize our relationship. But I can just tell you from my personal experience, there's nobody better in the mortgage business than Peter. And uh, Peter and Sean worked together back in the old days at a, at, um, uh, 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 the ex-mother-in-law, the ex-wife. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> Uh, it was uh, when I was at uh, WGST and when I later was at WGKA, and I appreciated their support then, but I also, Margie and I got a bunch of mortgages through Peter, and he did a great job for me, So, and I continue to rely on him. So call him at 678 or Sean, 678-557-9759. I would appreciate it if you'd say, hey, John Adams told me to call, and because that lets them know where you got their phone number. And that's about it, folks. Um, we're going to have some traveling music. Here we go. Nope, that's not it. Just saw that. How many earth rises can we have here? All right, here it is. Folks, that's the 30 Mark IV, the John Adams Real Estate Coffee Break. And I am John Adams reminding you, your financial future is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. Make your choice a good one. So long, everybody.
Yeah. 